Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your human reboot. Welcome to 2022's first episode of the Human Reboot podcast. And today with me, I have Jason Todd. Jason is passionate about making a difference and committed to Gandhi's vision of being the change you want to see in the world. He does, however, admit that leaving school with a cycling proficiency and three A's uh, athletics badge was not maybe the best of starts. But despite being underburdened with traditional qualifications, Jason did manage to blaze a trail in the commercial world. Jason helped build a recruitment business that floated on the stock market for 22 million. He went on to establish and sell a further two recruitment consultancies before realizing there was more to happiness and success than cash and flash cars and shiny things. Um, so I look forward to Jason's story today. So welcome, Jason. Hey, Emma. Thank you very much. And happy new year. Oh, happy new year to you too. So I met Jason um, probably in the sort of latter part of 2021 um, when you were involved in some training that I was doing. And um, well, we hit it off really, got on like a house on fire and I asked him to um, come and join me on the Human Reboot podcast. So I hope you see why I did that today. So Jason, please, could you tell us a a little bit about what you do now? Yeah, for sure. Um, What I do now is is something that I probably wouldn't call work, but I do get paid for it, which is quite good um, and and definitely helps the bank balance in that respect. I work with a a group called The Art of Brilliance, and it's it's based around a doctorate in positive psychology. So I do a lot of keynote speaking, some facilitation and, and run workshops. But I think really we, we try to gently remind people about who they are at their best. You know, the modern world does a fantastically good job of beating us up and, and driving us away from that. And I think we can all get hooked up in, in chasing shiny things or bigger things or newer things, thinking that's going to find happiness for us or we'll be happy when we get there. And from a personal journey, that's something that, that I found out doesn't normally always exist. So I think it's it's a gentle reminder of you on a good day. All of what we talk about is is always common sense, but just not always common practice. Yeah, definitely. So it wouldn't be right for me to ask you to come on the Human Reboot and not tell your, well, one of your reboot stories. So please, could you share with us a time when you've you feel that you've really navigated challenge and change and kind of come to some realization that that you really need to make a shift in your life. Yeah, for sure. I think it, I'm sort of going to do a fairly broad sweep with it and a sort of whole encompassing thing. And it, it's interesting because I, on, on the second recruitment company, it's quite interesting. I built up my own company and, and had it for five years and then sold it out to my business partner because I had a lot of the stuff that 
all the magazines, all the social media um, sort of tell you would make you happy didn't really you just end up chasing a bigger one or a shinier one be it a car or a meal or a house for some people it's wives or partners and things that they go running after and and that just wasn't really making me very happy so I, I sold out and I took two years off and I thought in those two years I'm going to have a complete think about what I'm doing and do something I really want to do and essentially I didn't really do much at all in those two years just a two years of, of enjoying life which in, in itself was great but I was still in that got to buy stuff got to do things I think got to to show my success to people as well was it was a big part of it so after two years I decided right what am I going to do I need to do something again to start earning some money so I set up a second recruitment company in fact with some of the same people that I've worked with previously so I did exactly the same thing again uh, this company was was more successful uh, I had a turnover of 20 million at its peak I think we had 100 and some odd contractors out in the oil and gas world and we had at the Heathrow airport just under 300 people working for us as well so it's a really big firm things are going really really well I had yet again all the things you know a bigger house a newer car um, eating a bigger waistline uh, doing all of this kind of stuff but I had it for 11 years and realized yet again that essentially I wasn't really that happy doing what I was doing which is bonkers because if you pick up any of these set yourself a goal make a million or you know buy the house or whatever it is then you, you think that's going to provide you happiness so I looked at my life and I looked at what I'd enjoyed doing and, and kind of changed I realized I have to do something completely different to to get back to being simply happy and I think that's one of the things that I, I would sort of want to touch on today that that maybe we confuse happiness um with it being complicated and we confuse positivity with it all being complicated personally I found it it maybe isn't that tricky how pertinent is it that it's the start of a new year and we are talking about happiness and goals so tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on goals and you know resolutions for the new year I think resolutions are, are, are a good idea and we all do them but I think we, we off, a lot of us go into resolutions with the mindset of oh well I probably won't keep it up anyway whether it's dieting exercise uh, giving up smoking you know dry January or whatever it might be that you're, you're going to do you know all, all set off with the best intentions but I think sometimes that they maybe are too too big a shift in, in what we're doing rather than completely giving up meat or completely giving up alcohol or, or whatever it might be why not just drop in the odd day and and build on it so I think goals that you build on are very good I'm not a massive goal setter it was quite interesting when we set up the the businesses the banks are always going we, we need a business plan you know, you've got to have a business plan we need to see what you're going to do and my argument was well I'm going to do exactly the same as I used to do for somebody that paid me but just for myself you know we built a business up successfully enough to float it on the stock market I'm reasonably confident I know enough about what I'm doing to get on and do it but this for a lot of people I think goals can be a tick box exercise I must have these goals and and they don't really they, they go through the process but they don't really commit to it I think goals need to be something you're going to commit to definitely something that you can build some some passion into if it's beneficial for your health then great that's fantastic and, and, and wonderful as well but there is also a big there's a lot of research been done around goals that says if you run around telling people that you're going to give up smoking you're going to lose two stone or, or whatever it might be you get the same release of endorphins at that point as you do when you actually achieve that goal 
and then you tend to give up because you've already had the hit of feel good from it so that doesn't always necessarily see through although there is uh, something i do in, in in talks to do with the art of real where i do talk about sort of one of the goals that i found very beneficial personally and i it did do it last year was a a new year's goal which was giving up moaning about little things little things that can uh, <laughs> yeah instantly right you talk to people and people you, you can see um like obviously we're recording this visually as well as an audio you can see people working away what's their thing that they moan about and we all have it we'll all have what i call a signature moan it'll be a little something that we moan about that people refer to as oh don't worry that's just jason oh that's just emma that's emma emma just always moans about that and it's a moan that's come to define you and all it does it winds you up it probably infuriates a little bit the people around you it doesn't actually achieve anything. And for me, mine was parking. I live in a little house up in the, the Peak District. And it was built in 1680. And when it was built, um, parking was never considered. Right? Cars didn't exist. So parking in the street that I live in is an utter nightmare. And there's a few holiday lets in the village and, and all this kind of stuff. So that kind of it adds to the, the, the situation. And it got, I got to the stage in my life where I was going down the street looking for badly parked cars, cars that, you know, not small car in a big space or not quite parked up to the line or a car parts in a way that they'd taken up two spaces or made it very difficult for, for someone else and this became defining you know if you met me on a walk I'd turn around and sort of moan about parking if I went out with my wife I'd moan about some badly parked car in fact it got to the point that if I drove through another village not the village that I live in and I saw a badly parked car I'd moan about it if no one was with me I'd hang on to that moan and I'd get back and in the pub or when we met up with friends or wherever I'd moan about the back oh, I can't believe I went through Elton just down there the car was parked so it, and it became <laughs> and it became this thing right it became all consuming for me so when I did my resolution of I'm going to give up moaning about all the little things that annoy me I gave up at about 10 past one on January the 1st because something had happened that I was on the TV or I picked up on my iPad that I started moaning about. So I realized I couldn't moan about all of the little things that annoy me. I'd just, mo I'd give up on moaning about one. And that one had, has become parking spaces. I don't moan about them anymore. And uh, as, as much as I can, I still find it annoying and I still find it frustrating. And I still find it inconsiderate, but I don't tell other people about it. So what tends to happen is if I go for a walk, I actually meet a few more neighbors. And I meet a few more people and I enjoy my walks a lot more. I notice different things. I think because I've given up my little signature moan, my, my thing. So for a resolution stroke goal for this year, I'd suggest that's a wonderful one for anyone to, to, to maybe give a go to. And if you can't think what your signature moan is, then if I asked you to think of your partner's, you could probably tell me straight away, oh, it's they don't load the dishwasher or if they do the ironing, or I can't believe someone so, you know, puts the soup spoons in with the dessert spoons in the drawer, whatever it is, right, that, that it is this little moan is. So if, if you can't think of yours, but you can think of theirs, ask them what yours is. But, you know, don't be too shocked if there's more than one, if there's that little defining moan that you've got that just doesn't serve any purpose. So that would be my goals kind of, give up a resolution advice for this year try and give up the niggly little moans your signature moan your moan that has only has an impact on you know doesn't really on the people that you care about to be honest because most people just start ignoring it all that happens is people see you get frustrated with it and you get frustrated with yourself over it so try and stop it if you can good point yeah i when i'm kind of looking at my previous year i look at the things that i've achieved so for me, yes, it might be financial, financial things that I've achieved, 
but it might be it's things for me it's the it's the markers that you set out the way that for me it's I start when I'm talking about goals I look at the vision of the life that I want to live and this is um quite a lot of the work that I do with you know with people that are you know mentor and coach and I get them to think about and really visualize what feelings do you want to have what directions do you want to go in so when we when we're setting goals we look at the goals that we that we want to achieve we look at what the things we need to remove in our life to achieve those things but also we look at the values that we want so the value directions that are going to help us to get there so it's not about it's trying to get people like you did where you took that pause and you were like actually it's the simple things in life that make me happy so how do I work back from that and what job is going to fit around these things you know what is it that what is my purpose in life what am I going to get fulfillment from and it's a very different way of goal setting compared to you know I must achieve we all need potentially financial ideas of financial goals of what we're going to achieve because that's what we might need to do to be successful in the job that we're doing we need a a, a guidance but there's a lot more to goal setting than just the smart objectives that I felt were probably shoved down my throat um, in the world that I was in for a long time. I wouldn't disagree. One thing I, I find about goals for me, um, and, and I think you know, you've looked at it from very holistically as sort of the whole overall, but I think if you're always chasing something, if you're always chasing a goal, you're always going to be tired. If you're always running after something, if you're always trying to, to to achieve something, then it can be quite exhausting. So I, my, my goal is where possible, and it does it does sway right. You know, I'm I am not an angel in any of this, but my goal is to be the best version of myself I can at any given moment in time. It's not what am I going to be like at the weekend. It's not what am I going to be like when I get that car or that meal or that watch or that thing. It's it's what what can I be like right here? Because the thing the only thing I can ever influence is this current moment. Right. I can only ever be influencing now. I can only ever be who I'm going to be right now. And that will impact, obviously, on what happens in the future. And, yeah, having some idea maybe about where you want to go, yeah, I can kind of see the point in that. But I think to just try and be a decent human being to yourself and to everybody around you right here and now, that's it. That's my goal. And if my life is made up of that continually, then the outcome kind of takes care of itself. And, and you know, that's not you know I used to think it was very naive and I know if when I was in my recruitment days lunches for wimps and all that kind of malarkey um I'd have I'd have laughed if someone had said that to me I was just got to be off your head it's all about making as much money as you can or driving the fastest car that you can or employing the most people or increasing your turnover and all but I was just tired all the time and I personally found that to achieve those things, I probably became a fairly horrible person as well. I, you know, everybody that's selling me something like me, the only person that didn't really like me was me. So I think my goal is to like myself and to be decent and that's it. Everything else takes care of itself. It's interesting that you talk about that. I mean, I was going to just bring that up because I know we've had a previous conversation about that in terms of, you know, ending up being someone that you didn't really recognize and that, and sometimes act in a way that didn't sit with those internal values that you've got. 
And, you know, it's, I find that really interesting. I mean, uh, one of my clients is, uh, you know, one, one of them uh, is, is a recruitment business, uh, the one I'm thinking of. And um, it's really interesting because when we were talking about their whole strategy and their long-term strategy and retention of people within the business and the values it was really interesting because you know one one of the directors of that of the business said you know we come into a lot often people come into recruitment to make money they make the money and for the first few years that's brilliant you know because it can be life changing for some people but then there gets to a point where there is more to life and actually what do we need to do for there to be more to life yeah i, I think there's probably always more to life um i think it, it's always there it's just we probably realize it a little bit more and, and, and it takes that time you know if you ask anybody listening to this podcast to to jot down the, the, the true wonderful life-changing experience and moments that they've had it's potentially you know childbirth meeting their partner overcoming an illness and, and all these kind of things will be on there it won't be you know a 62 inch flat screen tv it won't be a, a german made car that goes very quickly it won't be you know these things yeah they're, they're there they're, but they they won't last right it doesn't sustain it's not sustaining it's draining and then i think that's it's kind of a little bonkers that we we sign up to that page and if you look in the uk the average person in the uk is pretty well off you know we've got a reasonably good standard of living over here um yes okay with what we're going through at the moment with 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 covid and all the the terrible things that are happening around there but but, but within that i think this is probably getting people to wake up and realize a little bit more about the stuff that's important you know the things that they they really really miss um and they can't do you know we often when we do our talks i i, I will mention i had an uncle that was um and i come from a, a family of not great we didn't have a lot of money it was low socioeconomic family grew up in council houses with lots of uncles and my grandparents and my mum but i had an uncle that was a, a lorry driver um uh, for the post office and he left the post office went to work for someone else driving a truck around and ended up having a stroke, unfortunately had a stroke. So he couldn't drive a lorry anymore because it was a danger, but the firm kept him on and he was working in the yard as a lorry driver. And then he had another stroke and unfortunately couldn't work in the yard because there's lots of machinery moving around and things. So they sold their, they bought their council house in, in Surrey and they sold their council house in Surrey and bought a place down in Red Ruth in Cornwall and changed their life completely. His wife became his carer, he stopped working. And they were living down in Red Ruth and they weren't having the sort of big holidays or doing all the stuff that they used to do. But they suddenly realized that they were enjoying life an awful lot. And for a long time, if you asked him, you know, he turned around and tell you that having that stroke was one of the best things that ever happened to him because it made him realize about what his life was all about. And I think one of the things that, that, that I often talk about with people is, you know, don't don't wait for a life changing event, either in your life or someone else's. And I think COVID probably brought that forward for a lot of people where, you know, you might lose someone dear to you or something terrible might happen to, you know, your job might change or whatever it could be. But why does it take something so monumental for you to change your life for the better? If there's something that you want to do or there's something that you feel particularly unhappy about what you are, if you can, you know, it doesn't impact the people around you, change. 
you know, make that change. Don't wait for that news. Don't wait for someone to come along and say, oh, crikey, you know, the, the results aren't very, you know, aren't positive or this has happened or that's happened or we're closing the business. If you want to do do it, right? Life's short. Life's precious. Go and, go and enjoy it. It's kind of where I'm at. Sorry, I went off on one a little bit there. I apologize. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'm used to it. <laughs> um, so just something else as well that um, I know we've talked quite a lot about um is about um you call it destination addiction i think don't you yeah for sure yeah it's destination addiction or if you if you're working within schools with kids you can call it masturbation because as soon as you mention anything smutty um kids giggle and get really excited and teachers you know kind of work out where you're at pretty quickly but it is it's this whole it's putting off being happy to a point in the future uh, masturbation refers to you know i must have to be happy and I, I think anyone that's probably just gone through christmas with kids may well have had the i must have the latest phone i'm guessing i'm out of touch with kids i don't have them but you know phone trainers ipad uh game machine uh social media whatever it is right I, the stuff that i don't really get because when i get all of those things that's when i'm gonna be happy it's, fair enough and you know i was a kid and i knew that and you know the whole um marketing campaigns that go around trying to flog you stuff that you don't really need um that, that exist and that are there will we'll, we'll be really good at it right they're tuned into to where we're at they know what makes us tick they know how to make us buy things is simple in that respect but a lot of us will go through a lot of our time waiting for a point in the future um often when i do my talks i say you know this could well be when when, when i finish but for a lot of people it will be oh when covid's gone that's when i'm going to be happy and don't get me wrong i can see that it's going to make a difference or it could well be when i go on holiday or payday or when i find my perfect partner or when i pay off my mortgage when i retire whatever it might be. but we put off being happy to a point in the future which i think is is, is a crazy idea because it makes the whole journey of getting to that point in the future a slog we can slog through work you know only and i've had my share of days both before having businesses and with having businesses oh, if we can only just get through this this quarter's rubbish if we can only just get through this quarter next quarter will be better if only if only you know you wish a lot of your life away i know when i used to do more physical jobs that were humping and bumping moving stuff around and building work and things you know it'd be jesus monday you know, get through monday drag myself through tuesday wednesday you know, halfway through the week, Thursdays or, you know, Thursdays the new Friday and Friday's Poets Day kind of approach. Because it was this, I was wishing my life away, waiting to get to some point in the future. That essentially, when I got to that point in the future, probably wasn't as shiny or wonderful as I thought it was going to be. So then it would be somewhere else. It'd be right. Well, and I was guilty. Right? I'd go out for meals with friends and sit in restaurants and go, I've heard about this other place. It's fantastic. We need to go there. We go on holiday with friends and go, look, this is great. But you've seen that hotel over there. It's bigger. It's shinier. It's nicer. It's wine's more expensive. We need to go there next time because we'll be really happy when we go to that one. It's never being happy with where you are. And I think it's crazy. And I can see myself sitting in restaurants, being on holiday, having conversations, convincing myself. And I find I do it now. If I'm, I'm stuck at home, I've got COVID at the moment, and I've been buying rubbish on the internet to cheer myself up. And essentially, I know that's not the solution. The solution is <laughs> we're, we're, you know, great for Amazon and PayPal, but not so wonderful for me. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so desperate just to get back outside and go for a walk with my dogs and my wife, because that's the stuff that really does kind of make me happy now. And I think you need to go through the, the, the cycles of a lot of stuff to, to realize maybe it's the little things that are more important. So if you could give our listeners one tip on how they should 
I'm, I'm, I can't say goals. I can't say successful. How, how they should, let's say, be. How they what, should be in 2022. What would you say? Well, it's interesting when you say be as well, right? Because most people think of you, and you know, well, we, I don't, goals great if it's what, you, what your thing is. I haven't got an issue with it. Um, but uh, we've got a lot of stuff we need to do. To, to, uh, we'll have a to-do list of things that we need to do. And all this. I think we should maybe try and write a to-be list a list of how we're going to be. Now, if I asked anyone listening to this to write down three words that describe them at their best, and we do, again, I've done this in, in workshops, and, and scarily, I've had kids in schools turn around and go, I can't think of three words. I can't think of three words that describe, and I've, you know, it's adults as well. I can't think of three words that describe me best. So you go, well, think of five words that describe you at your worst, and I'll do it straight away. Tired, exhausted, worn out, stressed, anxious, overweight, whatever it is, right? We're fantastic at beating ourselves up and finding out what's wrong with us. We're not so great at finding out what's right with us. So my advice for, for 2022 would be write down the three words that describe it your best. And they, they may change and you might become more insightful in time, but write down those three words and put them somewhere where you can read them first thing in the morning and remind yourself of what those three words are and try and be those three words while you're doing everything else. And that'll make a big difference to you and to everyone around you. And I think. Uh, personally the one that I always try and remember for myself is just to be kind to me you know be kind to yourself I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are as I know you are and you know all parents and, and we we get this people run around that you, you give everything to everybody else you run around for every my kids always come first my kids always come first your kids need you to come first because if a tired worn out beaten up stressed anxious version of you is trying to help your kids out it's not a great deal of use you know, your kids need you at your best, not you at your worst, because that will help them be at their best. When you're on an aeroplane, you know, the oxygen, God forbid the oxygen masks ever come down and you've made the effort to listen to the briefing that goes on at the beginning. They don't go put the mask on the person you like the most sitting next to you, do they? They tell you to put yours on first. And the reason you put yours on first is so that you can help more people around you. So 2022, two tips, or, or if you want to combine them, you can. First one, three words to describe you at your best. And be those three words more often than you were in 2021. And look after you. Because self-care isn't selfish. It's vitally important. It's the best gift you can give to anyone around you is to look after you. Yes. And what I would say as well is there is, you know, self-care is about you recharging and if you feel that you have recharged and don't feel recharged, that's when you need to reboot. And that's when you need some support from someone like me. How do you, so tell us a bit more about kind of how you switch off so you can switch on and perform at your best. Um, I was just getting outside. I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of, and I'm lucky I live in the Peak District, right? But that was a choice. You know, we gave up living down south to come up here because we wanted a lifestyle change and we realised how important it is. But wherever you are, you can get outside. There's lots of research done at the moment. Now. You can look up, there's a thing called nature deficit disorder, which people will talk about a lot. <laughs> Hang on. <coughs> Sorry. COVID. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely is. I, I tested positive this morning. Um, you know, we all know that going outside is good for us. It's good for our soul. And, and that's what I do. I, I do where possible, get outside. Even now with COVID, I can't spend five minutes in the garden with a cup of tea just to, to recharge. It's a fantastic top up. You know, we all know that sometimes we, we get our best ideas and our best solutions to problems when we step away from the problem. 
so I think physically disconnecting yourself and getting outside would be the the one the one thing that's for me that's my chill out that's my recharge and the other thing I, I would I try to do now as well is um if I plug something in to recharge it be a phone or an iPad or a blender or a beard trimmer or whatever it's so every time I plug something in to recharge it I do a little um, three in three hold for three and out for three cycle breathing exercises which you know the give or take your view but it might not be breathing for you it might be have a glass of water it might be just something but every time you recharge something recharge yourself and it's yeah. interesting how many times you realize and particularly with your phone um if you can get into the habit of recharging yourself every time you recharge your phone because you look at your phone and oh it's 40 percent. i better get it plugged in i better get it topped up but you don't look at yourself and go well, i'm running at 40 percent as well because i've been on that damn phone all day don't do anything for you do you just find another way of carrying on or you might have one of those permanently charged things that you drop your phone on the little plates that charge them up all of the time just recharge yourself you know do it do do something that's good for you cup of tea if that's your thing go get outside do some breathing exercises tell someone call someone tell them you love them um stroke your dog whatever it is but just do something for you that's so key work out what it is and do it Ab. and what about if you could tell our listeners kind of or share with them your flourishing formula for living so ways that you would say that you that you know that you grow really and you develop um I, i'd love to say it's reading but it's not i, I struggle like crazy um I, I go out and seek stuff out seek positive things out look look for those things that are there so i sign up for action for happiness a really good podcast right the work that you do with your podcast i've listened to and this is fantastic it's a great leg up it only takes a few minutes and, and it's definitely worth doing right we spend more time as we mentioned this before more time beating ourselves up every day why don't we have a little bit of time to to look after ourselves and, and listen to something like your podcast to seek out good news it's positive news network action for happiness there's a magazine i subscribe to positive news there's also free resource out there that's going to help you out like we've all had a situation where uh, a friend might get a car and it's a particular model or color or something that you haven't seen before no that's unusual you may like it not like it you're probably nice to your friends you go oh it's wonderful i really like that one and then you know you've never seen it before and then you go out for a drive somewhere on the motor and go Oh, look, there's another one of Emma's car. Oh, that, that's someone else's car. Suddenly there's lots of Emma's kind of car out there. Well, those cars were always there. You just weren't looking for them. It took something else to, to highlight them to you. And I think positivity and good things and great stuff is, is very much the same, right? Right now I'm sitting here looking out of the window and the sun's out and you know, it's just kind of good stuff, right? Seek it out, be a seeker of good things and share good things because sharing those things, talking about people pick up on it. So that would be my tips. Fabulous. Any other, we, well, we ask people um, about any kind of recommendations that they've got, but you've just, I think you've just probably given us a whole load there, really. Um, any, any other, I know you say books aren't really your thing. Is there anything else, that, any other recommendations you'd like to give? Uh, just again it goes goes back to the same thing seek out the free resource it's there you know and and you you want to be the person that when you go on youtube and you type in what you're looking for it's already pre-recommending loads of good stuff not cats you know it might be cats playing the piano if that's your ticket i don't know but you know get to the point that that's where you're at that you are just your seeker of good things and sharing them now it doesn't mean to say that you know if you've got a job that's it, 
you know, if, if I if I got on, if I was going to have an operation and the doctor rocked up in the room and went, not done this one before. Uh, the anaesthetist knew, and I haven't, we haven't got any supporting staff. The electricity is a bit touch and go at the moment, and you know, it's a bit complicated what you've got. It's a bit unique, but you know, all of these things against us. I'm positive, and I'm going to give it a go. I'd probably want a different doctor in a different hospital with a different anaesthetist and some support staff. So be realistic about it, right? You know, don't don't think that you're going to skip through life every single day is going to be butterflies and bouncing lambs there are going to be tough things that come along and accept them when they happen um, it's all about recovery a lot of it is about recovery time as well I think it's how long as if you remember when you were at school you used to do the beep test thing where you took your pulse and then they made and you counted how many it was for a minute and whatever it was and then they make you run around and it's how long it takes for yeah. you to recover back to yeah. your resting pulse rate well I think being the best version of you is exactly the same stuff will happen in your life in your day in your week maybe even in your podcast where things don't go as you expect them to and it frustrates you and it winds you up but if you're seeking out the good stuff in life and being positive where you can then you tend not to hang on to those things for so long so that's the difference is how long you hang on to the things that wind you up how much of an impact that they have and and how much time you spend looking for them and in terms of how our brain works our brain does often because it's it's set up to protect us and it does naturally often seek out the negative things so trying to seek out the positive things and build on that and learn from it and grow from it. It, it it is something that you do have to practice a bit to get yourself into that mindset um but it's definitely got its benefits definitely got its benefits the benefits are measurable right these are the stats that i haven't got to hand but you can find them on the internet you know if you if you're upbeat positive and healthy it's good for you. physically it's good for your health You'll live longer. You recover from illness quicker. You're less likely to become ill in the first place. And also that impacts on, on you and everyone, you know, and, and your family around you and your friends and the people that you spend time with. You know, we've all got friends that are, can be quite draining. You know, you don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time with them. You know, you do, you, you'll get through it because there's normally some other people there that'll offset it. I refer to, you know, you go to a wedding and you've done the thing, you know, they've done the registry office or the church and you've got to wait till the dinner and your wife's told you to not spend too long at the bar because you just get drunk and make a fool of yourself. So <laughs> m- maybe that's just my wife. But this, so you're there and you're, you're doing the small talk and you're wandering around and, and you go and look at the seating plan. Invariably, you'll go and look at the seating plan to see who's on your table. And there'll be some people on that table that'll be like, woohoo, you know, Emma's there. It's going to be fantastic. And there'll be other people that are on that thing. Well, when I sit down, I might actually move that person's name tag a little bit further because i don't really want to be sitting next to auntie phyllis and i haven't got an auntie phyllis because they're hard work because they're draining so be a sustainer of yourself and other people around you that's the the, the key i think be the person people want to sit next to at a wedding you get to go to more weddings as well so be the person you want the best version of you like you said yeah it's exactly it's, it's it and you're right about negativity right it's easy being negative kept us alive i would argue that your great 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 somewhere back in the distance grandparents were pretty negative people because if they were positive they might have got eaten by a dinosaur or murdered by a tribe or got lost exploring or eaten the wrong plant and they'd have died right so negative people got to pass their genes on it's as simple as that it's no hard so you know, it's a fantastic way of keeping monkeys alive in jungles. It's continually looking for threats and dangers and what might go wrong. 
it's not maybe as necessary in day-to-day life in the UK. Maybe we can afford to look forward to things and look to some of the good things and, and look for those good things right here and now, not put them off till the future. Don't put off being the best version of you. You can do it now. And if you do it now more often, your whole life changes. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. I have absolutely loved this. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, you, you can sort of use so you can use social media. I'm on there, but I tend not to bother with it too much. Um, but yeah, Jason at toddtalks.co.uk will get you through to me. I think my mobile number's out there as well if you need that. But ping me a mail, get in contact with you. Look, I'll happily chat to anybody. So um just because i'm lonely and no one likes me no it's not (laughs) genuinely because he likes to talk (laughs) if there's anything i can do that's gonna gonna help i I, i'd love to do so you know i I did some i've started doing some volunteering i've I've put myself forward to some groups around here and i'm really looking forward to getting involved in that because selfishly making a difference for other people feels quite good for me too and that's that's where i'm coming at it from Thank you for listening to the Human Reboot podcast. I'm Emma Last and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's thehumanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.